the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this recording, we continue our series on people of faith from Hebrews chapter 11. In this episode, we continue to look at Abraham. The main reading is 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I just wanted to drop that verse. That was David's last words, last prayer, and lots of different things we've looked at before. But our, our, our series on faith, isn't it? Hebrews 11. Um, Hebrews 11 starts with a definition of faith. And of course, the definition is only as good as its outcome and how it works out. And we see all these uh, people of faith in the Old Testament showing what faith is. Um, of course, our definition, we've said before, faith is the assurance, the foundation, the substance, subsistence, subsistence, yeah, even, even, <laughs> title, title D, confidence, undertaking of things hoped for, confidently expected, and the evidence, the certification, the conviction, the proof of things not yet seen. And uh, of course, again, faith without it working itself out means nothing. People, a lot of people say, I've got faith. What does that mean? doesn't mean a thing unless it's worked out in life. And James is, is, is correct in saying that. It's only by faith we are justified, or by faith alone we are justified. But as Calvin said, that faith is never alone. Because the Bible talks about the obedience of faith then. And one of the same, two sides of the same coin, faith implies, inspires. Why? Because we are trusting him. Now we put our trust in him, he knows best. And so we've looked at all these different people and we, uh, we looked at, um, and we are still probably on Abraham really, and uh, he's our, uh, the father of the faith. We saw in Abraham, faith is not always comfortable. Of course it isn't. Faith is, is not being able to see with our eyes. It's the eyes of faith. And, and he's, he's, he's saying to Abraham, now come on, let's go. And then next week we look at Abraham, take our son, your only son, and go and sacrifice him. Faith is not comfortable. Why? Because it's trusting God and not trusting yourself. And that's our problem because beginning of time, what do we want to do? We want to be our own God, don't we? That's the sin, sin of the heart of man. Man is, is desperately what they want to do. We want to do our own thing. We want to run our own show. And we don't want God telling us what to do, even though he knows best. Common sense doesn't come into it, does it? Uh, common sense is, is, is blown out of the water when we've got sin in our lives. It, but there we are, fully convinced, Abraham, well, he, he, he was up and down a little bit, but he was, he was convinced that God was going to do a work, fully committed, bless the Lord, we can see that in his life, and we know um, faith is not, we don't, we don't arrive with the, this amount of faith, Dave, you've got all the faith, no, faith is ongoing, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's in different areas, we, we looked at that story where the early church saw mighty miracles, Dear me, Lord, give us those miracles. We need those miracles again in these last days. But when Peter was released, they said to the roader, you're out of your head. He's still in prison. So they had faith for the miracle, all his miracles, but they didn't have faith to believe that they prayed and he was released because that was too much. Uh, but of course, again, that's an ongoing process and we see these uh, great fruits of faith. And, and tonight we're going to talk about Something that is, is so real, yet we, we very rarely talk about it. We are, we, are, um, we are reticent in talking about it. But here's our verses tonight, uh, 13 to 16, Hebrews 11. 
all these people were still living by faith when they died. Died in faith. Died by faith. Faith is ongoing, you see. We don't live by faith. We die by faith as well. Why? Because they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them and saluted them from a distance. And they confessed and admitted they were aliens and strangers on the earth. People who say such things know they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country. What? A heavenly one. An eternal one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared a city for them. Um, it's the title, I suppose, Faith Because We Are Pilgrims. And aliens, and uh, the older you get, you realize you're not here forever. We, we think we are, we, we live like we are, we invest as we are, but we're not. And the Bible is very clear, it's given us great directives. We're aliens, we're strangers, we're pilgrims. That's why that book, Pilgrim's Progress, is still a great book, isn't it? Because we're passing through, we're passing through. And uh, thankfully, even in the Old Testament, those men who live a lot longer than us, had fixed in their minds, uh, rooted in their thinking, that they were on earth as strangers, settled only temporarily in a foreign land. Sojourners, sojourning in a strange place, away from their homeland, away from their own people. And uh, faith does that, and faith inspires that. Um, when our faith diminishes, what happens is we begin to focus on the here and now, what we can see, that's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Because we, if we, if we ask, all we look at is what we see, we'd be most disappointed. And the older we get, we become most depressed. <laughs> but this is not our home. This is not our home. And thankfully, right from the right overarching in the, in the word of God is this principle we're passing through. And to live like that. And to live, hold things close. And it doesn't matter how old we are. I pick up my paper every day. And this morning I just read, boy, 16, boy, 18, boy, 30, in one moment in a car crash, into eternity. Mm-hmm. Age has got nothing to do with it, eh? No. You know, you can see I just read one of the chaps in America, um, preacher, 90. Well, it go at 90. That's, ooh, that's a long time, isn't it? But some of you who are pushing that way says, well, I didn't that long away. <laughs> and, and it's gone very quickly. So time is, and that's why he says, look, we're passing through. Mm. Hold lightly this way. Um, Let's read our first verse. Uh, uh, Genesis, Genesis 47. Jacob speaking. Well, none of us are going to reach that, are we? Um, <laughs> well, I don't, I, I look, I tell you, I don't want to get to 130. Let me say that. <laughs> um, but Jacob, at 130, said, my pilgrimage, listen to his words, listen to it. the sojourning, temporary abode. He was a stranger, so, sojourning as a guest 
Lodge, mm-hmm. the idea is lodging somewhere at night. You, you get the idea, they're on, you remember when we, we had this time, because we go on holiday for a week or two, don't we? Yeah. That's not our home. We're just there temporarily, and then we're coming back. And that's the picture they have. That we're just here for just, we passing through. And, and the Lord reminds the, the people of Israel, remember, now I'm giving you this land, but don't forget, this isn't your land, it's my land. And you're only passing through. Exodus 6, 1 to 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them to the land of Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the the burdens of the Egyptians, I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. You were just aliens and strangers in the land. Remember, that's only only uh, the, the, the picture behind it. Also, this this weird pilgrimage is a a sense of anxiety that we're not home. You know, there's nothing. If you've been away, I I like I like going away, but I like coming home. And there's that 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 I just want to go home. My own bed, yeah. my own surroundings. Um, you know that that it's a beautiful picture. We understand. We go into the house, the same familiar smells, because it's our house. It's where we lived um, and where we live. Uh, it, it's be, and the, the the thinking is, is being in a strange place where it isn't home. Mm-hmm. It isn't home. Listen to what the Lord said again. In, uh, he's, he's dealing with land and uh, buying land and redeeming land. Leviticus 25 uh, and uh, all the Levitical law. And he reminds them. Leviticus 25, 23. The land must not be sold permanently because the land is, is mine and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. You see, everything we have, again, it comes with the New Testament, again, picks this up. We are stewards. Uh, you don't own anything um, it is not yours it's lent and given you to by the Lord to steward and the Bible is very clear you will have to give an answer for your stewardship of everything your time your talents and your ties whatever everything you will have to give an answer for why because it's just lent and again when we begin to see it, you see that they this is which is what faith did to these these people they saw it from a distance they were looking to eternity, they were looking to heaven, and uh, of course, in our day and age, because we live a little bit longer and because we have it quite comfortable here, that kind of teaching, that kind of thought, is not prevalent in our hearts, is it? Go to the third world, bless the Lord. Heaven is ooh, heaven is we're looking for heaven, aren't they? Why? Because it isn't so good down here, um, and so often we we root ourselves here where our our home is there, and and of course, the Old Testament. The, the Psalms is full of the, of the pilgrimage. And he uses these two words, strangers and sojourners. 
Um, uh, it couples those together. We just read it, read it in uh, 1, Chron 1 Chronicles 29. Abram says the same thing. Um, Sarah's just died. And of course, it's always interesting when someone dies, we have a little bit of sobriety. Then we begin to think of eternity, don't we? And he, he's, he's trying to buy a piece of land. And he says, look, um, I, I, I'm a stranger and a sojourner here. He realized that, no, no. And of course, we, look, we just read it back in verse 9 of Hebrews 11. He never, planned, he never built a house, did he? He was wealthy, but he never put his roots down here. He was traveling through, always living in tents. And that gives an idea that we're not planted here. Uh, we're not planted here. Um, Psalm 119, 17 to 19. Deal bountifully, O dear servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Mm. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. I'm a stranger on the earth. Lord, get my eyes on your word. A foreigner, a guest, an alien. Uh, psalm 39, which is a fantastic psalm. Psalm 39, 10 to 12. Stop punishing me. Your beating is about to kill. You correct and punish people for their sins like a bomb. You destroy what they love. Everyone's life is only a breath. Lord, hear my prayer and listen to my cry. Do not ignore my tears. I am like a visitor with you. Like my ancestors, I am only here for a short time. Leave me alone so I can be happy before I leave and am no more. Yeah, good, good interpretation there. A visitor, I'm just here temporarily, is transient. And you see the devil loves us to focus on that. That's what sin is, isn't it? It's temporary, it's transient. Yeah. It's, it's a, a thrill that lasts for a moment. But sadly, the consequences and the, and the, uh, can last a lifetime, can't they? And uh, the regret. Um, so we are here for a moment in time. And, and that's, we looked at Psalm 73 before, the, and, and uh, the psalmist is bemoaning his lot. He's bemoaning that he kept himself pure. He bemoaned himself living for the Lord because he's taking his eyes off the Lord. He's looking around. He's thinking, look at these wealthy people. Look at these, these sinners. They're looking fat and flourishing. They, they're doing really well. Again, the devil would lie to us. And that's his, his lie. But he, what's going on in the heart? And thankfully, the Bible says he gets into the house of the Lord, begins to see clearer, says, sorry, Lord. Yeah. I forget that end. I forget eternity. I forget we all stand before you. <laughs> and now I remember. Who am I in heaven but you? Who am I on earth but you? You are my, all in all. So that's our perspective. Our perspective is faith says that eternity, not time. And of course, that changes everything then, changes our priorities, our, our preparation, our purpose, everything changes. And uh, yet we saw still uh, uh, hanging on here. Um, but our citizenship, bless the Lord, is in heaven. Philippines, well, let me just read a story about temporary. Uh, again, this is a great understanding. What temporary is, are we, we think something is going to last. 1895. Uh, a, a particular town in Colorado <clears throat> wanted to bring people in. They, they, were, they were struggling. They wanted to bring tourism, but they wanted money as well, obviously, with tourism. And they began to ba build the biggest, largest ice palace ever built in America. Um, they built it in New Year's Day. In 1896, the town turned out the grand opening. The immense palace was 450 feet by 320 feet. The towers 
to enter this particular palace were 90 feet high. Bless the Lord. Mm -hmm. Inside was a 16,000 square foot skating rink. Blessed. Oh, I thought it was doing well. By the end of March, what was happening? Melted all away. Along with their hopes and desires of thinking. And that's like us, isn't it? Oh, we build structures, we build things. Oh, it's going to last forever. Ah, yeah. Who's that person now? They're gone. They're gone. And all those great dictators, all the great yeah, are memories. Some we don't even know. You talk to the kids, their history is pretty poor. They wouldn't know who's who. They wouldn't know who played rugby for Wales 20 years ago, would they? No, of course they wouldn't. Because that, that's how we move. And, and that's why temporary. And this is what he, uh, Philippians 3 says. Philippians 3, 17 to 21. Brethren, be followers together with me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and the, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things, for our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. He's saying those have set their minds on earthly things. That involves not just our thinking, but our emotion and our will. And we've in, and that's what he said, they've invested in this world. He said, and that's not where we are from. Our citizenship is in heaven. When we look at our passport, it tells us where our home is, where our identity is, where our language is, where we are native, where we are from, and where we're going, if that's our home. And you know what's stamped on our passport in heaven? We are heavenlies. We are sons and daughters of the living God. This is not our home. We are passing through. This is not, our identity is his, not the world. So our minds, so what are you saying now? Get your perspective changed. The pattern, the principle, the pattern is set your minds on, not on this world. And of course, the, the counter argument to this is Colossians 3, 1 to 5. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on, the, on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil, concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry again same word set your mind set your mind get your mind on things above not on, on things below see there's a little bit of tension going on isn't it because the bible obviously uh, tells us to be salt and light in the world but he says now careful now we're just passing through as we pass through we leave an imprint, we leave a mark, we leave uh, an aroma, but we don't invest and plow our minds and hearts into this world because we know it's temporal. Yeah. It is passing and we, we're passing through. Um, 
Of course, we know that to be true. Right? But, uh, and, and Peter says, and Peter is talking to those, of course, he's talking to those under persecution. So he's trying to give them a bit of encouragement as well. But he, his, his, his directive to them is to uh, be sojourners, be aliens in this world. 1 Peter 1. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your times as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, that with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defects. It's great, amazing what the Lord is, is looking to do in our lives. And again, be holy. Why? Because that's, that's your in our common vernacular. That's your DNA, to be holy. And, that, and then it bothers me when, when people who say they're saved have, don't have holiness as something that they are aspiring to or looking to go or aiming for when God has demanded that of us. Um, are we, do we, do we, are, we, are we perfect? Well, some of us like to think we are. What does James say? We will all stumble. But get up, get up, brush yourself off, confess your sin, wipe the slate clean, keep a, a, a clean slate with the Lord and press, press on. Our, our, our aim is for perfection, isn't it? Oh, I'll never be perfect. Don't you ever say that's a cop-out, isn't it? Bible says... Aim for perfection. In, in fact, Jesus said, you be perfect. The Heavenly Father's perfect. Why? Because he's in us. And as we, as we submit to him day by day, he's changing us. He's transforming us. And that's the principle. We are holy. And he said, live as strangers here. That's one great thing. You see, when we, when we realize we're not here forever, um, everything changes. Perspective, isn't it? We, we, are, we are now, our aim and our goal is to know the Lord and to win people for the Lord. Why? Because we know that they, they're going to pass into eternity. They're all going to, family, friends, workmates, all going to pass into eternity. Oh, and when we have that faith, dying faith, faith for heaven, faith for the future, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to captivate our hearts to win them for the Lord. Or certainly seek, seek the Lord and, and break our hearts over them. Um, so we're going to see differently and that changes everything. 2 Corinthians, these verses we know very well, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieved for us, and eternal glory that is far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what we see, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen 
is eternal. Keep our eyes, keep our focus, keep our minds in, in God's word. When we're in God's word, we keep in our minds on that which is which is real, but that which is vital, that which is going to last, not that which is not going to last. Um, and that's why even in the in the um, Matthew 5, 6, 7, of course, the kingdom manifesto, he keeps their minds, look, main, main principle was he's a father. He's your father, relationship with him. But also, keep, it, keep things loose in this world. Treasure in heaven, he said. Tre- don't let, what he says very clearly, let's read it. It's very clear. Uh, Matthew 6. Nine. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, where, if, if you don't plough money into the kingdom, no, no doubt, you won't be interested in the kingdom. People say, well, why? Let me tell you, let, let me have a look at, let me have a look at your, where your treasure is. Are you ploughing it into God's work and God's, 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 you know, everything God the Lord is doing? If you're not, then your heart won't be in it, isn't it? Well, it won't be, of course it won't be. Because um, the principle is treasure in heaven. What do you say to the rich young man? Oh, what a young man he was, beautiful. The Lord loved him. And uh, he didn't correct him when he said, well, I've kept all those commandments. Yeah. Well done. And there's some good ones there. We've failed on all of them. But he said, there's only one thing he said. Sell all you have, give to the poor, then you will have where? Treasure in heaven. See, that which we have here is temporal. Now, do we save? Of course, we, the Bible says, be wise, don't be foolish. Because if you're going to live old enough, you will not need a pension. But don't, don't lay up, don't store up so much, isn't it? That, well, you can leave it behind if you want, depending on who you're leaving it to, of course, isn't it? <laughs> but the principle is, mind in heaven, uh, investing in heaven, investing in eternity. Oh, Father, help us. Um, prepare for eternity. I, I love this um, principle of, Pilgrimage, And if you read, uh, again, from 9 to 16, there's a few principles. They were called to a new land. They never settled down, did they? They never settled down in that land. Although they were there, they looked for an eternal city. They spoke, they confessed. Bible says acknowledge. See, our power of our words, isn't it? We forget the power of words. Confession is saying the same thing as God. And that's what we need to do. Say the same thing as God. And that changes, changes our thinking, changes our attitude. You know very well when some people have said things to you, those words, dear me, don't they rattle on your head sometimes? Depending on who it is. The closer they are to you, the more they affect you, those words, don't they? But our words are so powerful. We confess. They never turn back. It says there, they could have gone back, but they didn't. What does the Bible say? Anyone who puts his hand to a plough and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You know, we, we, we again um, look back and we look around at the world. Oh, look at this, look at that. No, 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 no. No, we're looking ahead. We're looking ahead for eternity. They longed for a better, they were looking for a better country, heaven. And they died in faith, by faith, hallelujah, and made preparations for that. Luke 12, 16, 21. And he spake the parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. 
and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, I will, This is what I will do. I will pull down my barns and grow greater, and they will, there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy knees, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night my soul shall be, thy soul shall be required of thee, uh, then whose those whose will those things be which thou hast provided? So so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Very clear. God is prepared. God is prepared. He just we read it. God has prepared a place for us. Jesus, I'm going to prepare a place for you. How wonderful it will be beyond our imagination. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has comprehended. Mm-hmm. Our earth is amazing, isn't it? <coughs> just caught a bit of. Uh, <coughs> around Britain and he's, under, he's in the sea mm. and the things in the sea mm. you're thinking why did God make little yeah. microbes and little algae and little horrible things that go across the bottom sea slugs and you're looking at it thinking, yeah. but the, the diversity and, and the majesty that they all have a work to do they all have a purpose to do and, they, and this is a fallen world but it's beautiful what about heaven he says what about heaven but he says now be careful be prepared prepare to meet your Lord, he says, but put in advance. And he said, very, very rarely does God call anyone a fool. Mm-hmm. But he calls this man a fool because he's investing here, but not in eternity. What does 1 John 2 says? Don't love the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. What is the world? He, he defines it, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. They are passing away. Mm-hmm. It's passing. It's fruitless. And the older you get, the things you thought were wonderful, the things that thought give you a thrill, don't mean a thing now, do they? But he who does the will of the Lord abides forever. That's why he's calling, calling us to um, uh, eternal thinking, eternal living, pilgrimage, aliens, strangers. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 2, uh, 9 to 18. But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Mm. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted amongst men, whether to the king as to the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honour the King. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. He starts off by saying, look, you, you are, you're a, a, from a different world now. You're a royal priesthood, chosen generation, 
kingdom of priests. Why, when we get saved, we realize this is not our home. Home is heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And we're on the way there. And so he, he says, I urge you, I plead with you as aliens and strangers in this world. And he gives nine commands, nine precepts, if you like, uh, for an alien and a, and a stranger, someone who's passing through to live by. Abstain, refrain, keep yourself from fleshly lusts. What? Because they war against your soul. They really do. The fleshly lust. They appeal. They feel good at the time, but they war against your soul. They blunt your soul. They tarnish that which is perfect and pure. We see it in our world. They take something that God's created and they distort it and warp it and abuse it. And you end up thinking, what is this? It's filthy now. When it was, it was pure because the Lord created it. And he knows, and he gives, he gives confines to those things that he creates. Why? Because he knows outside of those confines, they will damage us. That's why he says in 1 Corinthians 6, 7, 6, uh, be careful, sex will destroy, wouldn't it? It, it, it affects your, your body, that, that sin outside of the confines of what God says. So we say, abstain, live honestly, oh, virtuously, beautifully, I love that word, live valuably. They said of um, Daniel, <clears throat> we'll find someone on him, hear me. He was a, he was, he'd grown up all through Babylon. He had, a, he had a, I don't know, 70, 80 years in Babylon. Surely they could find something on him, couldn't they? There was, there was a little deal that he was a bit shadier, or he'd taken a bribe here, or he'd done something wrong there. The Bible says he couldn't find anything. Absolute integrity, absolute uprightness. And that's what the people should be looking at us. Live honestly, uprightly. Um, submit to, to the rulers. Oh, glory. Um, even when we don't think they're good. <laughs> uh, but that's what the Lord says. Why? Because re remember, we're passing through. We're passing through. Be free, but live godly lives. Yeah? Uh, how many people we've heard, or especially in the last few years, oh, I'm under grace, so I can carry on doing this, this, and this. You're off your head. You're off your head, because it wars against your soul. He said, live, live freely, but don't use it as a license, a cover for license to do what you want. See, lip, we, have, we, we have liberty to do what the Lord has called us to do. Before that, we couldn't. What did Paul say? The things I want to do, I couldn't do. The things I didn't want to do, I was doing. But now I'm saved. I have the ability, the liberty to actually do those things. Um, uh, honor all men. Some people we don't like. Some people really bug us, don't they? Um, Thankfully, my, my temper has tempered over the years. There are people I would gladly give them a four by two, wouldn't it? When we see them on TV, think, Lord, Lord. Honor all men. Even those who are godless and sinful, we honor them. Why? Because that's the Lord. Because ultimately, God still wants to save them, didn't he? And uh, we read this morning, don't give up on your souls. Saul was getting worse and worse and worse. His family, some of his family were saved. They were praying for him. Saul. And he was getting worse. And, he, and they said, oh, he'll never get saved. In a moment. In a moment, God knocked him off his high horse. And he was saved. So, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Bless the Lord. Fear God. Honor the king. Uh, even though, Lord, save him. He needs saving. Um, and at number nine, be good workers. Bless the Lord. Why? Because he's, he's, um, he's your employer. 
uh, not the uh, person who's paying your wage. Bless the Lord. So tonight, our, our faith, our thinking is eternal. And here's Paul speaking, Philippians 1, and he is in a bit of a quandary. Let's listen to what he says, Philippians 1, 21, 23. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go and live in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know, <clears throat> I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. <clears throat> He said, I'm, I'm betwixt, I'm betwixt, I'm hard pressed, I don't know what to do, he said. I want to go home, yeah. to heaven. He said, but I know there's work to be done here, there's people to be saved, I want to bless you and enable you and make you fruitful in your ministry. He said, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to choose, he said. See, that's eternal thinking. Yeah. There's a work to be done here, but our home, uh, we're just passing through. Our home is heaven. This is what Jonathan Edwards said uh, in his book, the, the Christian Pilgrim. God is the highest good of the reasonable creature and the enjoyment of him is the only happiness with, with which our souls can be satisfied. To go to heaven fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than the most pleasant accommodations here. Fathers and mothers, husbands, wives or children or the company of earthly friends are shadows or but shadows of the, but the enjoyment of God is the substance. These are but scattered beams but God is the sun. These are the streams, but God is the fountain. These are the drops, but God is the ocean. Therefore, it becomes us to spend this life only as a journey towards heaven, as it becomes us to make the seeking of our highest end and proper good the whole work of our lives to which we should subordinate all other concerns of life. Why should, why should we labor for or set our hearts on anything else but that which is our proper end and our true happiness? Ah, good way of words them, old boys, isn't it? This is, this is, this is shadow. Mm -hmm. He's our substance. Heaven is our goal. And our faith says, yes, Lord. Yeah, we're here for a short time. And uh, I, I say, Lord, where's this year gone? And you would say the same. And the older we get, my nan used to say the same. I'm thinking, I'm saying the same thing as them. But this year's gone. And I'm thinking, where's this year gone quickly to you, mate? Thinking back a year ago, um, it was gone. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, and that's why our aim, our perspectives, our purpose, our preparation ultimately is for heaven. And that's what the Bible says, by faith, they looked to heaven. They didn't say here, they didn't go back, they didn't turn back the, the beggarly elements, the Bible says. No, they were pressing on. Heaven is the goal. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.